Inside, Kempe dishes in front. Another sliding that saved by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizana sliding pad save. Robin Leonard, what a stop! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Lineup, lineup decisions coming up uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Pete DeBoer has to fill a couple of vacancies. So Matthias Yanmark not expected to play tonight after taking the hit from Ryan Graves the other night in game number one. And we know that Ryan Reeves has been suspended for a couple of games, will not play game two and three. So who goes in? Uh, King Kolasar sounds like he's the odds-on choice to fill some of those, uh, one of those spots. And then Dylan Secure, Cody Glass, like uh, you could go a, a couple of different directions uh, for Pete DeBoer this evening. It's uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace as we come to you from the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. And Ryan, where are you? I'm out at Bailiwick inside the Orleans Casino. That's some, I'm going to be here, not just for the Golden Knights Insider Show, mm. but also for pregame, intermission, and postgame. Happy hours going now until 6 o'clock, $2 off beer and appetizers. You really don't want to miss it. You want to be down here. So come down here. If, you're not, if you don't have any plans for where you're going to watch the game and you want some, get down here. It's pretty simple. Uh, I like it, and I will. Uh, I may just head over there because I'm, what, seven minutes away from you guys uh, right now, you and Jeffy? Uh, in terms of, like, actual time Like as the crow mileage, flies? It, well, yeah, more or less, as yeah. the crow flies. That's a, that's a great reference there. Um, no, listen, I, I think that uh, right now you're probably about 15 minutes away from, from where I'm mm -hmm. at. But, uh, you know, you can teleport or whatever, so just get down here. So it's seven minutes as the crow flies. Too bad uh, Chris Chapman ate the crow yesterday. That's, that's that's where I was going no, with that. That didn't didn't translate. Didn't, didn't he eat the didn't he eat crow yesterday? Thank no, he you. did. He did. That was just a terrible joke. Yeah, uh, that wasn't. You're, good. you're reaching, buddy. Pete DeBoer uh, met with the media today and discussed uh, a couple of different uh, things. So let's get into some of uh, Pete DeBoer's uh, comments. Uh, how will tonight test the depth? Yeah, I think our depth's been tested uh, all year, and, and particularly in the last. Uh, a couple of months. I mean, you know, some short lineups late in the season. Uh, I think game seven was the first time against Minnesota. We might have had a full complement uh, of guys, uh, you know, and obviously that didn't last long. So I think if you're playing at this point in the year, you've, you've had to rely on your depth already. And if you're going to keep moving on, you're going to you're going to need to dig into it uh, even deeper than you probably have. And they will be tested uh, with uh, two places in the lineup having to be filled. Uh, do, you, do you have an inkling uh, which way that you would go uh, to fill that spot? Because it does sound like it comes down to Kolasar is going to be in. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, and that's great. And, and uh, he can fill any type of role uh, that you want. He can get up and down the ice and he can also be physical. Uh, and then you've got uh, that Yanmark spot uh, where you've got the contenders, Cody Glass and Dylan Sakura. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I'm, I'm right there with you in terms of Kolasar. I, I, he's one of those players that all year long has put himself in really good spots and, and been in and around the puck, especially in the offensive zone. He brings a physicality to his game. 
I, I just I like the player in Keegan Colasar, so he's obviously number one for me. Uh, and then in terms of, of who goes into that other spot for Matias Yanmark, uh, I, I would lean, I suppose, toward Dylan Secura just because I, I think that there's more of a uh, of a player in, in Secura that if he gets the puck in and around the net, you know he's going to shoot and he's got a shot that, that can that can find the back of the net in today's NHL. Um, I think you give him a shot. I, I do think that Cody Glass, the, the playoff game that he got into in the, the Minnesota series, um, he, he looked fine, but I, I think you go with Secura tonight, and if, you can, uh, if you've got to go to Cody Glass uh, as another option in another game, then maybe that's the direction that you go. I just think based on, on what we've seen through morning skates and what's been reported, it's likely going to be Dylan Secura tonight. So here's the reason why I would go Secura, and it has uh, nothing to do with uh, a commentary on Cody Glass but more about Secura and where his game is and where his headspace is. Uh, Secura has scored 11 goals this year for the Henderson Silver Knights. That was number two on the team. Uh, he came up, and the last game that he played in the National Hockey League, uh, he scored a couple of goals in that season-ending victory over the San Jose Sharks. Secura is just probably feels better about his game right now. Yeah. Then Cody Glass does. Cody scored uh, four goals in the 14 games with Henderson, which is is not bad at all. But I think the the mood and the assessment around Cody is you're you're waiting for it to happen. When's it going to occur? Whereas Dylan Secura is just playing, and and I think that that just frees him up to be a little bit more looser and uh, a little bit less squeezing the stick. So that's that's where my rationale behind Secura. Yeah, and I think to your point, like if you get another opportunity, if you're Cody Glass, I think you're you're going out there trying to maybe do too much, right? Like you're you're trying to make something happen because that's what your expectation is for yourself going into that game. Whereas, you know, I think if if you've got Dylan Secura in the lineup, he's just going to go out there and do his job. Like he's just going to go out there, play his game, and, and not really worry about too much else. Whereas I think, you know, there's always been all season long this this extra added pressure on Cody Glass to find his game and, and be uh, a, an NHL impact player. So I, 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 I fall in line with that reasoning, I, I, and that's why I think that it will be secure tonight. And, and it's, again, it's, it's less about uh, Cody Glass, more about secure where he is uh, just, just approaching the game. They're, they're, it, there's very little between the two of them. I mean, uh, uh, both are both have great releases. Uh, one shoots left, one shoots right. Uh, uh, Secura is is a winger. Uh, Cody Glass can bounce back and forth between the wing and, and, and center. That's the other thing. He's he's more comfortable at center. So if he's not going to play center, uh, you can put Secura in. Like there's 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 just these little fractions uh, that 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 separate the two and why I would go there. Uh, Pete DeBoer was asked about Secura, and this is his response. Well, I like that he scored two goals last time he was in our lineup in San Jose at the end of the season. Um, you know, and uh, I like that uh, while he's a, a young depth player, he, he's got a, a an NHL resume. He's played, you know, more than a couple games and he's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. Um, you know, and, and he, he's a skilled guy uh, that, you know, while he isn't big, he, uh, for me, uh, plays a real responsible game for for a skilled smaller player. A lot of times those guys are 
are prone to turnovers or defensive lapses. I have liked uh, you know, his, his ability to earn the coach's trust in the games he's played for us. 53 games of National Hockey League experience for Dylan Secura as uh, he played with the Chicago Blackhawks prior to to this year and uh, has uh, three goals for his career, two of those coming in that uh, most recent game. So uh, if you want to go with the hotter of the, the two hands, then it's uh, Dylan Secura. The uh, other area of, uh, of interest for this, uh, this game is the idea that this is a physical adjustment for the Vegas Golden Knights against the Colorado Avalanche after the 7-1 decision in game number one, or is it a mental response and being fresher, sharper, and and more uh, ready to play uh, and being able to rinse what happened in game number one? William Carlson was asked about that today. We're just trying to forget that game um, and learn from it, uh, most of all, because um, every loss is a, it's a lesson, really. So, um you know, we learn from it, and obviously, we're going to be uh, we're going to be more prepared uh, this game, and, and you know, we want to be out there and uh, prove ourselves. Be prepared, prove themselves. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds a lot like that that game against Winnipeg in 2018, when things went against the Golden Knights, and there was that just real solid. I don't think we had the the passion. Uh, that we heard from after that game because this is a different team in the sense of, and I've talked about this over and over, how uh, calm they are. But you listen to to William Carlson and how he says it is different than what he says is to come back and and respond tonight. And I, I think that there's, uh, there's a real push to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, as we've talked about the Golden Knights throughout this season, there haven't been many opportunities where they've had to dig deep and prove that, you know, a loss was an anomaly because they didn't lose very often in this regular season. But every time the Golden Knights have had one of those big losses this year, they've come out and proven that that was actually an anomaly. They've proven that their best game can beat Colorado can beat Minnesota, can beat any of the teams that they've lost to simply because they've gone out and proven it. And I like the Golden Knights in this spot kind of leaning into that. I don't want to go as far as to say leaning into being underdogs, but I do think that there is a power that this team has in which they can lean into being doubted and go out there and prove those doubters wrong. How much do you think they have to be physical or is that going to be a real part of this game i mean i think physicality is important to what the golden knights do but i i just want to see them really relentless on the forecheck i want to see them put pucks into really good spots offensively um, and then go back and and make kale mccarr and devin taves operate from below their own goal line i want to see the golden knights really check well in terms of making life difficult on the colorado avalanche Big hits are great, but I would much rather the Golden Knights be tedious to play against than just looking for big, gigantic hits. What about the start tonight, Brian? Huge. I think it's important. And I don't think that Vegas started poorly in game number one. I just think that once 
the goals started to come for the Colorado Avalanche, Vegas got out of their own game plan and played into what Colorado did well. You, you got a lot of transition, a lot of open ice in transition for the Colorado Avalanche. That has to be limited tonight for the Golden Knights to come out with a win. First period, important. Second period, uh, obviously, is has been good for the Golden Knights, so I would expect somewhere in, in that range of, of return to normalcy. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to start tonight. Uh, are we now at the stage where you go... And, and by the way, I don't buy into any of the uh, Robin Leonard talk that, that he was a factor in, in why the Vegas Golden Knights lost. Uh, I still, even though they got uh, uh, lit up the other night, I still... I, I side with the idea of, of starting Robin Leonard and giving Mark Andre Fleury uh, a break. So that that's an aside, right? Yeah. We, we put that on the shelf, and it, even though it it was a game one loss, uh, the way they played, it's actually a it's an even better decision uh, to start Robin Leonard and give Mark Andre Fleury the necessary rest. Uh, uh, Fleury's they've been shut out twice, Colorado this year, yeah. twice all year. Both times by Mark Andre Fleury, a strong performance tonight could have an impact between the years of Colorado, where you start wondering, does this guy have our number? That'll be an interesting theme as we continue down this path into the series. Yeah, I mean, I think Mark Andre Fleury is huge. He's he's a key player for the Golden Knights in terms of how this series unfolds from here. And you know, you you bring up the fact that the only goaltender to have shut out the Colorado Avalanche, to have, have taken that high-powered high offense and reduced them to zero goals, has been Marc-Andre Fleury, has been the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, for, for me, at the level Marc-Andre has been playing, not just this year, but also in the playoffs, I think you've got a real opportunity that off of some rest, he comes in and, and can steal you a game in, in this and get you a split. I think the split's important. We've talked about it. I know you're... You're a little bit more on the this could go 2-2-1-1, two, two, one, one, and then here we go, Game 7. I think the split's incredibly important for the Golden Knights if they if because that's the clearest avenue that I see for them winning this series. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, I think, is going to come in, and he's going to be exceptional because he's just been that all year long. Uh, different style, and I, I don't know whether that has anything to do with it, but he has been effective, and he started seven of the eight games against the, the Colorado Avalanche this year, and he won four of those games. Uh, so he, if you look at that as a best-of-seven series, he played the first seven, he won uh, won the series in, in, in seven games against the Colorado Avalanche. That's a, a very um, a positive way to spin it. That's a very optimistic uh, and uh, and not really impactful way to look at it, but, uh, but you, you can examine it that way. As far as uh, one more bit of sound, the mood of the room, Here's William Carlson trying to bounce back uh, in game number two. I think the, the mood is pretty good. Um, we're excited to, to go out there and battle for game two. And, uh, you know, uh, we just left the first game behind us and uh, looking forward to a new one. I think it'll be like it always surprises people. And even, even I have to remind myself uh, how quickly athletes are able to rinse it. <laughs> Because yeah. we carry around so much baggage as human beings in our day-to-day -day lives. Uh, I, I, you, you kind of go, how, how do you just let that go? But, but athletes have this ability, and it's what makes, helps make them uh, the, one of the best in the, in the world at what they do. 
to be able to rinse and forget. Well, I mean, they can't really operate any other way, right? Like, like you have to be able to put a great performance behind you because you've just got to go out and do it again. And you also have to be able to put a bad performance behind you and, and understand that sometimes you're just not going to have it. For whatever reason, bad games are going to happen. We, we oftentimes look at, at athletes as being machines without taking into account that they're, that they're human beings. They are prone to having bad days just like everybody else does. No one's, no one's gone through life with a perfect uh, record of, of being amazing every single time they, they show up at the office. It just doesn't happen that way. But I think, you know, athletes are, are interesting because while they are human, they have an incredible ability of putting bad performances, poor performances behind them. And, and I think that that's something that, you know, if you're an athlete, if you made it to this level, that's something that you've mastered. The Vegas Golden Knights will win if. Finish that mm-hmm. sentence. Um, the Golden Knights will win if Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo are difference makers. Do you think that they've been good enough in the first uh, eight games of the playoffs? I, I mean, it's it's hard, right? Because I I think that they've defended well enough, but. The fact of the matter is, for the Golden Knights to be successful, you need Petrangelo and Theodore in this series to go match for match, point for point, performance for performance with Kale McCarr and Devin Taves. Like, they've got to be dynamic from the blue line. They've got Mm. to chip in offensively. And right now, it's 1-0 McCarr and Taves. So now it's up to Theodore and Petrangelo to answer that bell. And I, I think that we've talked about it in the same way we talked about Game 7 against Minnesota. If Petrangelo and Theodore can string together some dominant games here in round number two, you can kind of wash what's happened up until uh, these first eight games. I don't look at it like the D versus D in point production. Uh, I do I do think that Petrangelo and Theodore are important, and I mm-hmm. think that, uh, that Theodore's... Uh, performance when it comes to uh, offensive is is on a, a rate where it has to be better. Petrangelo, and I had a conversation with a coach this morning. It's funny that you bring that up because uh, a head coach and I had a, about a 10 minute conversation about Petrangelo. And he asked me about uh, if there was any heat on, on Petrangelo. And, and I just went with what we've heard from the callers. And there, yeah, there, there's callers last week weren't happy. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with with that. Uh, he does so much during the course of the game uh, that I don't think that uh, I, I at least I don't think that he needs to light up the scoreboard. It'd be great if he did. I think Shea Theodore has to produce offensively, and I, I keep them separate on that. I think Theodore has to produce more. Uh, to be effective and contribute. I don't think the same goes for Petrangelo, and uh, I could be totally wrong on that, but that's how I, I look at those two defensemen, and it's very different. Well, I, I think that you're you're starting to see, or at least uh, it's becoming clear that Alex Petrangelo is, is picking up a lot of the slack that's left with Braden McNabb out of the lineup. Now, um, I I understand from a production standpoint maybe – Alex Petrangelo doesn't have to light it up, 
Uh, but I do think that he needs to produce at least a little bit more. I think Shea Theodore needs to produce a lot more, and I do think that production from the blue line is going to have to increase in this series for the Golden Knights to win. I think that you've got to have dominant performances from both Petrangelo and Theodore. And if you want to, like, if you want to come down on Theodore needs to produce offensively and Petrangelo needs to be a fortress defensively, then I'm okay with that. But I, I do think that those two players have to be close to your best players night in and night out uh, because I, I think that's where you, you've got two of the best defensemen in the league in Petrangelo and Theodore, and they've got to bear that out. Here's Petrangelo's line so far through eight games. Zero goals, but three points, and he's a plus one, <laughs> which, which considering what happened in game number one uh, as a defenseman to be plus is is pretty darn good um there's things that you'd like to see little metrics that you'd, you'd like to see uh, a little bit higher but 28 shots on goal if that's not the most on the team it's second uh on the team and it is second uh, just behind uh jonathan marcia so so the, i i think it's it's right there i, yeah. I i'm really uh i'm pleased with this game uh, it may surprise some and this may be why also uh, that that Petrangelo is is taking a little bit uh, uh, of heat is because Nick Holden leads the blue line, this blue line that put up the most goals on the National Hockey League this year. Uh, Nick Holden leads this blue line in points in yeah, these no. in these Stanley Cup playoffs with four. That's perfectly fair. And you know, in in terms of Petrangelo, I, I think he just needs one to go right. Like mm-hmm. we we've kind of talked about that with with Keegan Colasar all year. Is that I was wrong in- on that one. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, we, we've talked about it just in terms of you're in and around it. You're getting chances. You, you've got great looks. It's just not going. And, and you, you would hope, especially with a player like Petrangelo, that if he can just get one to fall, they'll come in bunches. Um, and, you know, again, I, 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 I look at Alex Petrangelo as the guy that can really turn this series on its head if he does get those pucks to go, if he does find uh, a gear that allows that production to go for him. And, you know, he's a, he's a vital key piece for this team to go beyond this round. And so for me, I look at those players and I just say, all right, if, if the Golden Knights are going to bounce back in this game, I think your two best defenders have to be your two de- best defenders. I don't... I think this team can win without Petrangelo changing his production or his performance at all. Uh, I don't think this team can win without more production from Shea Theodore. Mm-hmm. I should have said that from the start. Sure. It's much clearer. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? I would I would agree with that. Do you agree with the statement in itself? I, I mean, I still think that, again, I understand. You want to see more from Petrangelo. I do. I, I, and, and it's not so much that I want him to change what he's doing. I just want to see the pucks go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I, I, can, I can acknowledge that Petrangelo's playing well enough and creating enough opportunities to, to say he's playing well. But at some point, it, it's, it's not about the, the chances you're getting. It's what you're, what you're finishing, what you're what you're actually contributing in terms of, of that production. I think that if you get more production from those two players in Petrangelo and Theodore, it it evens this series out based on what you've seen from Gerard, from McCarr, 
from Taves. Like, you're going to have to keep pace with those guys. You are. And so, for me, it, it can't be Nick Holden that's trying to keep pace with McCarr right. and Taves and Gerard. It has to be your top two. It has to be Petrangelo and Theodore. And while I agree with your assessment in that Petrangelo is creating and Theodore needs to create more, I, I still think that at the end of the day, both guys need to produce. Like, as much as you like the fact that they're creating opportunities, they've got to find those opportunities and turn them into actual goals. Uh, not to be lost on here, uh, Marcheseau leads the team with 29 shots. He has one goal. Yeah. Those have to start going in more. I agree. Uh, and, and he will uh, admit that. And then it's Theodore next on the team with 28 shots. No goals and Petrangelo with 26 shots. So, uh, your your top three players in shots on goal have have won. Uh, Petrangelo, Theodore getting pucks through. I think that that that's been better this year than than we saw in the bubble. So we'll see if it we'll see if something turns on on that front and whether or not uh, maybe with uh, with Patretti back and being able to to be more comfortable, the low to high plays uh, work out uh, for for the Vegas Gold Knights. But that's. That's an area uh, that's a good pickup by you and a, and a good point. The, the Vegas Golden Knights will win if, and it's uh, Theodore and Petrangelo. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will struggle if, and it can't be the same area. <laughs> where, um, where do you go? Uh, the, the Golden Knights will struggle if they don't manage the puck well at the, at the offensive blue line. If, if there are turnovers at the offensive blue line, the way that the Colorado Avalanche can move through the neutral zone, the way that they can turn a turnover into transition offense, it was on full display in game number one. They're just so good, so fast, so creative. Uh, you cannot turn pucks over. You, you just can't. You've got to make the right play. You've got to make the safe play more often than not, especially at that blue line. So for me, that that's an, an area where the Golden Knights just have to improve. They've got to be better. Golden Knights... Uh are pledging to be better, uh, better out of the gate. Uh, I don't know whether the first period is going to decide things, but uh, I think that there's just an emotional uh, importance to tonight's uh, first period. We'll get uh, some final thoughts as we continue, but up next, it's one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, as we go to break, let's qualify somebody to win tickets <laughs> to Sunday's game. You, you, you might be able to go to Sunday game four. It's my favorite uh, when we've got tickets to give away and tickets to qualify people for, but we've got so much more than that. Okay, it's uh, caller number seven. We're going to go with some, uh, some good luck for Alex Petrangelo. Caller number seven, you will win a Golden Knights hat, a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, and you'll be qualified to win two tickets to the Golden Knights Colorado Avalanche game this Sunday at T-Mobile Arena. 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number seven, you've won a hat, a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, and you'll be in our drawing for game four tickets to Vegas, Colorado this Sunday. We have an update on the NHL Draft Lottery. If you missed any of that news that broke in our number one, plus the latest on the North Division Final involving Winnipeg and Montreal and another shocker in the works on that front uh, and a few other uh, news and notes uh, from teams involved in this National Hockey League postseason and around those that have been ousted. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big 
shot and he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. All right, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, Going to fly through this with oh uh, some kind of pace. Normally, we like to stop and talk and uh, shoot the breeze, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but I'm going to have to keep it keep the pace up. All right, uh, congratulations on the heels of Logan Thompson being named the American Hockey League's top goaltender yesterday. The Henderson Silver Knights uh, learned today that Ryan Murphy won the Eddie Shore. Eddie Shore, eh? Uh, Eddie Shore Award as the American Hockey League's Outstanding Defenseman. So, big stick tap to uh, to Murph. I'm guessing that's what they call him, Murph. You don't know that for sure? I'm just guessing. Like, everybody named Murph is... Murphy is Murph. I, I want it to be something different. No, that's not true. There's a, there's a show called oh, Impractical no. Jokers, and uh. one of the guys, his name is Murphy, but they call him Murr. M-U-R-R. You don't get to talk until the end of the uh, show. Hey, I, <laughs> All right. You know, you, you get on me for just making statements that I have no no verification of, so I'm just returning the favor. Well, Murph is the uh, AHL's top defenseman. 37 regular season games in his first season with the Silver Knights. That's important to know because it's the first year of the Silver Knights. Uh, he uh, collected... 22 assists and 27 points. Uh, he was an American Hockey League contract this year. Uh, came over, played the front part of the year with the KHL, and then came over and was a real, uh, real addition. Uh, loved seeing the growth in his game. Uh, when he was a first-round pick, uh, there was a lot of pressure on him. Uh, he was all offense, 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 and he actually tried to work on his, the defense part of his game. And remember yeah. that when he was on with us, he said he kind of went back to his roots and just uh, let let it let it roll a little bit, and that's a pretty cool season for uh, Ryan Murphy. I agree with you 100. percent I just hope that his nickname isn't Murph. We're gonna ask him. I'm gonna get him on the show. He was uh, yeah, he went it. hiking today. Oh, did he? Yep. Did he not uh, invite you? No. I, well, why would he invite me? I'm working. I don't know. I'm working. That's why. I'm just saying. That's why he couldn't come on the show today because he was off uh, uh, of gotcha. of hiking. Uh, gotcha. Because naturally, I would ask that he would be on the show like LT yesterday. <laughs> that's that's a cool nickname, isn't it? That's, just, that, that is a good nickname. Like yeah. in, in the in the pantheon of hockey nicknames, LT is probably my favorite. Yeah, it's probably like top three most creative too. Because well, <laughs> yeah, because there's only two hockey nicknames yeah. you could ever get. Uh, Mitch Marner will not be part of any potential roster changes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That, according to Kyle Dubas. Ah. Just in case okay. everybody was uh, was clamoring to uh, acquire Mitch Marner. Uh, Dubas said today that uh, that both forwards, uh, he defended them both, uh, but uh, but moving on from them and disposing of players of their caliber would be foolish. Uh, Dubas also said he understands the fans uh, and that they can uh, feel any way they want and the media are entitled to feel any way they want, but these are two awfully great players that showed it over the entire regular season. Mm, Well, the playoffs are important, though. They are. I agree. (laughs) I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. 
There's a, there's a few quotes from that uh, newser today. Uh, Brendan Shanahan actually had a uh, nice uh, thought. Just to, he, he really wanted to bring some good and some great feeling back to this city. Yeah. And uh, and he, he apologized uh, that they didn't do it. Uh, 12 players are eligible to become unrestricted free agents. That's an extraordinary amount on that team. Joe Thornton, yeah. Jason Spezza, Zach Hyman. And they, they just, they won't be able to afford Zach Hyman. He's a Toronto guy, too. Uh, yeah. His dad ran a lot of the Toronto uh, minor hockey programs uh, there. He's entrenched in, in that community. I, that'll be a big loss, both in the community and, and around. Uh, another one of those guys that writes children books, too. Uh, Alex really? Galchenyuk and goalie mm-hmm. Frederick Anderson are also uh, unrestricted free agents. So, I think Freddie's gone. Like, I just, I think mm-hmm. you, I think you can yeah. find a, another goalie to bring in. I think Jack Campbell can can kind of serve as that one B or or as your number two. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I can't imagine what the appetite is in Toronto to have a very similar roster go through another regular season with you you like with any actual belief that something's going to change in the playoffs i, I just i don't i don't see it i don't get I know. it the the idea where you you cite regular season success yeah. i wouldn't have gone down that path today in my notes i would have said don't talk about regular season success anymore spin it another way uh the nominees the finalists have been revealed for the ted Lindsay award which is the league MVP as voted on by the players. Austin Matthews, Rocket Richard winner, Connor McDavid, Art Ross winner, and Sid the Kid. Yeah. <laughs> Can't call him that anymore. No, always be the kid to me. Uh, Sid, 10th in the <laughs> NHL with 62 points. Any yeah, surprise I... there that, uh, that Sid gets his name in there? No, I, I, not really. No, I, I mean, listen, he's still a phenomenal hockey player. I think he's a, an incredibly complete player, and it's voted on by your peers, right? Like, it's voted on by the players that play against everybody. And for my money, I couldn't imagine a more frustrating player to play against than Sidney Crosby because he's got, he's so talented, he's got great vision, and you know, I think the defensive side of his game is, is a little bit more uh, under the radar than it, than it should be. I, I do like Sidney Crosby. I, I think he's just one of those players that, you know, everyone in the league has immense respect for because he continues to be that agitating guy to play against because he's so talented and he works so, so hard. He's getting uh, uh, some, con- or got some consideration for the Selkie trophy as well. My nominees for the Selkie, uh, as I went through it, were Bergeron, Stone, and Barkov. Those were my three picks. I don't yeah. get a vote on it, but that's mm-hmm. who I, I, I... Before I criticize anybody, I wanted to make sure that I actually uh, had had picks. Uh, but Sidney Crosby got some uh, consideration, some talk, some love uh, throughout these years. Uh, the Selkie nominations will come out on Sunday. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins will keep their championship core players together as we stay in the Steel City. Uh, Ron Hextall saying we've got some pretty special players that are obviously not in their 20s anymore, but they're still <laughs> playing at a high level. So we're in win now mode. And that means uh, contract negotiations for extensions to Jenny Malkin and Chris Latang. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, they're not going anywhere. I mean, like, I understand it, but, you know, I, at some point I feel like you've got to you've gotta prepare for life beyond Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang, and um, this would pre- present the perfect opportunity to try to figure out how to bridge that gap as best you can. But I also can't really fault management there for wanting to give that core another crack at it or two. And it's it's a motto I think that we all live by. Don't bet against Sidney Crosby. Yeah. One of my core values. <laughs> There's do not do not bet against it. And every time I, I try to, like you're down three nothing in a series. Don't bet against it because he'll come back and win win three in a row. Uh, Malkin has one more year left on his deal at nine five. You have to think like he's not getting nine five again. Yeah. No way. Uh, and and Chris Letang, Letang has one more year at 7-2. So they're, they're, they're in that mode. After next year, they got a lot of room. They Things start to open up big time for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they'll start to become players uh, in, the, in the whole free agency front. Uh, some other news for you. Uh, Pecorini, remember the great moment when he had a, a shutout against the Carolina Hurricanes in his final regular season appearance? Yeah. Uh, he didn't, it wasn't anticipated that he was going to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. UC Saros is the, is the guy. Uh, but he had the shutout in his last appearance at Bridgestone Arena, and it was beautiful. Well, now, now Pekka's saying, and it kind of looked like a send-off there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pekka saying, I'll be honest with you. I want to give it some time. I want to take a step uh, uh, back and after the season and talk about things with my family. Uh, he's not ruling out playing somewhere else other than Nashville. He quotes uh, that he's, he's not going to close any doors. I mean, I don't think that he should. If he, if he feels he can still play and he has still not won a Stanley Cup, if you think there's a team out there that, that, you know, is a good fit and could give you an opportunity to go on a bit of a run, then, I mean, if, if you still if you still think think that you've got it and you've got a place to play, then I, I think Pecorine could be a great addition for a, a team. Uh, sounds like Tuka Rask is going to be available for Game 3 of the Boston and New York Islanders series. Uh, there were some question marks. He dealt, dealt with an injury uh, in the middle of the season and was out, and Jeremy Swayman took over the, the, the number one job in his absence. It uh, does sound like Rask is going to be back, but Vincent Trocek, a big part of the Carolina Hurricanes uh, up front, we don't know his status, but Rod Brindamore said right after the game two loss last night that it didn't look good. Uh, he's uh, And and now, uh, I don't know, here's a great quote. I was laughing there because... Uh, I just came across this quote on Rod Brindamore from Rod Brindamore on Vincent Trotrek. He's getting some sort of scan or something. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll know more on that. Like, Roddy's awesome. <laughs> I, I, like, I'll tell you this. I love Rod Brindamore's press availabilities. I love how honest and open he is and, and how relatable he is mm-hmm. just in, in the way that he talks about the game and, in the way that he talks about his players, you could see that that there's there's deep respect and admiration that he has for every single guy that plays for him, and I think he's just an absolute beauty. I, I do. 
his they do a lot of the post game speeches to the team uh, on yeah. social media. They yeah. post those, and uh, and he's he's a rock star. I, you, you think everything's really complicated behind the scenes, <laughs> and it's not. It's just yeah. a guy talking hockey to his players. Yeah. Uh, but Trocheck's a big loss. Seventeen goal score this year in in forty seven games for the Carolina Hurricanes. If he's out. They got to find some uh, some offense somewhere else, and and they do. They have a lot of guys. There's Fetchnikov and Aho and Hamilton, and uh, there's there's players that that can pick up the slack here. But that that was interesting last night. Carolina and Tampa. They did something I didn't see happening in that <laughs> in that Central Division final, and yeah. they, they played a boring game. Uh, I so, love what Keith Jones and 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 Colby Armstrong said after the game. Like that wasn't fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Full marks to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well yeah, done. they only had like 15 shots. Tampa they, Bay. They so, knew so how Seattle, they to play. Uh, sorry, Carolina did did their job in holding Tampa Bay in check, but I mean, it was a weird game, strange one. I kept waiting for it to kind of start. Like, can can we get going here? Uh, one more thing for you. Uh, Buffalo Sabers will have the top pick. Uh, won the right to pick first overall in the NHL draft this year with the draft lottery that took place uh, this afternoon. Seattle Kraken will pick number two and the Anaheim Ducks will pick number three. Those are your your top three picks in the National Hockey League draft. Rounding out the top five, Jersey and Columbus. And boy, Columbus could have used a a first overall pick, couldn't they? Uh, With everything going on there. Uh, The Pacific Division, Seattle two, Anaheim three, San Jose 7, LA 8, Vancouver 9, and Calgary 12. That's basically the entire division except for Edmonton and Vegas <laughs> was involved in the draft lottery. Yep. There you go. Uh, Montreal leads Winnipeg 3-1. And they are early on in the second. Montreal, shocking, coming out of the gate. I wonder if that would be the same case as what happened to Vegas. Like the quick turnaround going on to a team that uh, that hadn't played in a while and uh this this one's kind of playing out with winnipeg on its heels uh coming off the layoff what we a lot of us expected in vegas and colorado yeah it's it you gotta wonder if if maybe the montreal canadians really really being underdogs in terms of no one expected them to be here um has any effect into in in the way that they come into it but you know to be fair it's not like the toronto maple leafs put up a, a big fight in uh, in games five six and seven in that series at least not the same way that the minnesota wild did yeah physically uh, those yeah. are your one-timers for this tuesday is it tuesday no it's wednesday nope Jeez. See, this is why people say, why do you always do that? I said, because I don't know the date. Now I don't. The holiday Monday threw me for a loop this week. I've yeah. got the, the recyclings out of order. It's all a, a mess. So those are your one time. Three, two, one. Those are your one timers for this Wednesday, June. the. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Yeah, you know what we didn't do today? We didn't talk about what everybody was doing in 2004. We didn't get to it. It just didn't happen today. We we spent too much time talking hockey. Yeah, we did. Which is never a bad thing because it's kind of what we're supposed to do. But uh, 
2004. We can we do that, collect that, and, and maybe talk about it tomorrow during the off day, the day between sure. games. All right, uh, Manny Viveros is going to join us tomorrow, head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights. And uh, remember the first time we talked to Manny, I said like you, he was good. He knew both our names. He'd never met yep. us before. He was yep. he was spot on. I can't imagine uh, how tight we're going to be tomorrow when we talk after uh, having uh, spent a year together in the Las Vegas Valley uh, covering the Henderson Silver Knights and uh, that first year losing in the Pacific Division Final. But uh, before we turn things over to the VGK uh, pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Ryan Wallace, uh, let's uh, check in with Chapman. So for the second time in recent months, I found out yesterday, actually, it happened yesterday, a mountain lion was roaming around pretty close to where I live. Um, so, and it was, it was early in the morning when I was walking my dog, this mountain lion was literally in my neighborhood. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a happier ending like the other one where they, they tranquilized it, captured it and released it back in the wild. This one, they actually had to euthanize because I guess for whatever reason, they were unable to, to sedate this one and, and put it in the cage and take it back into the, the, the desert. But, uh, are you still wearing that, uh, Bacon necklace yes, that I gave yes, you? Yes, yes, I wear it proudly. So, uh, yeah, if you live in the uh, the, the Summerlin area, you, you may want to keep your eyes out because mountain lions are they're blaming drought conditions and they're looking for food and water. So you, hold on. You you do have the bacon necklace, yes, right? Yes, yes. I, I, I was wearing it Can yesterday. You, I'll, I've got another one in the car. I'll give, I'll give you another chops. one. Pork chops. Okay. Pork it, chops. It, probably a uh, steak wallet. Yes, yes. There it is. Be awesome. I would like I would love to see a mountain lion chasing you down the street. No, you would not. It would I, not end well. Are you a high stepper? I thought you were really good at track. I yeah, like twenty five years ago when I was in high school. Ah, uh, like oh. riding a bike, man. You're fine. Pre game show with Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights trying to wrap up uh, a split in Denver. Next.